Section 22 of The Art of Bookbinding, a Practical Treatise. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Melvin Lee. The Art of Bookbinding by Joseph William Zonsdorf. Chapter 24, Washing and Cleaning, Part 1. The binder is often called upon to clean books. To many, he is a sort of Aladdin who makes old books into new. The consequences is that he often has placed in his hands a lot of dirty, miserable-looking books and is expected to turn them into first-class copies. To renovate such books requires time and experience, and unfortunately very little is known among binders as a body about cleaning. Outside the trade, I am sorry to say, even less is known, or if a book be received from a binder bleached, it seems to satisfy the owner, and to be all that is desired. By such treatment of bleaching, a quantity of lime is generally left in the paper. The goodness is destroyed, and naturally, the paper must suffer in a short time. To test such treatment, one has only to apply the tongue to the paper. It will at once absorb any moisture as blotting paper does, and often the lime can be distinctly tasted. But books are often washed and given out to the binder to rebind in this state. In such a case it remains with the binder not to associate himself with the book, for if he rebinds such a book, the stigma will attach itself to him when the period of rotting, falling to pieces, and other misfortune has arrived. In the practice of many who profess to wash books or prints to use chlorine at every washing, this is not necessary. Often a simple bath of hot water, with perhaps the addition of a little alum, is all that is required. An important thing is to know the different kinds of stains when looking through the book. There may be many in one book, each from a different cause. In such a case, it will be best to go for the majority and to use the bath that will remove them. Often the one bath is sufficient, but should there be any stains that are not touched, these leaves must be treated again. When there are stains of different character in the one book, such as oil stains on a few leaves and, say, coffee stains on other parts, the oil must first be removed. The one bath will not touch both stains. Often, when the bath is used wrongly, it will fix the stain in the paper and not remove it, the chemical used acting as a mordant. It is impossible for me to describe the various stains. The intelligence of the workman must be brought to bear on the subject, and I advise a small memo book to be used to jot down the difficulties that may occur from time to time and so to act as a guide for future work. To the use of such a book I am enabled to lay before my readers the methods of working with the various receipts collected in France and Germany and used by me in my business. To wash a book it is absolutely necessary to pull it to pieces. Should there be much glue on the back and difficulty arise in the pulling, the book may be treated as given in Chapter 2, or sections of six or eight sheets may be left together. The hot water and soaking to which the book will be subjected 
in the washing will dissolve the glue or paste that may be on the back, and the sheets will readily part whilst in the solution. Washing must be conducted with great care. The handling of the wet sheets will demand the most delicate touch, for one can reasonably understand that paper left in water for twelve or more hours is likely to be very tender. In nearly every case when a book has been washed, it will be found necessary to size it. The size gives back the body or goodness that the hot water and chemical has extracted. Often the virtue is extracted by damp through the book being left in some damp situation, or by imperfect sizing the paper has first received. In such cases, although the book may not require washing, sizing will be of benefit. Requisites The necessary articles required for washing, etc., are dishes. Those of porcelain are perhaps the best. They may be bought at any photographic material dealers. If much work is to be done, it is advantageous to have a set or sets of two or three sizes. In using the various dishes, ample room should be given to allow the hands to enter the water and pick up the sheets or leaves without any danger of tearing. Should the pans be of such a size as to be too heavy to move when full of water, they may be emptied by means of a siphon, the short end of the siphon placed, in preference, at one of the corners of the dish, so as not to touch the sheets. The dishes may also be made of wood, lined with zinc or lead. For very large work, these must be used. The porcelain are not made above a certain size. A kettle for boiling water in. A gas stove or substitute for heating purposes. A peel made of wood to hang the sheets on the lines. The sheets are placed on the peel from which they are transferred to the lines. Chloride of lime or solution of chloride of lime. Make a saturated solution of chloride of lime by mixing intimately the lime with water in a large jar. When clear, the solution may be used. To every gallon of hot water, take from this stock solution two or three ounces. Note. Chlorine bleaches are vegetable matter. Hydrochloric acid, also known as muriatic acid, or spirits of salts. Poison. Oxalic acid. Poison. Powdered alum. A hair sieve. This is not absolutely necessary, as a fine piece of linen will answer as well. Size. 1. One quart of water. One half ounce of powdered alum. One ounce of isinglass. One scruple of soap. Simmer the whole for about one hour. Then pass through a fine hair sieve or piece of linen. Use this whilst warm. 2. One gallon of water, one half pound of best glue, two ounces of powdered alum, simmer and use above. Three, one quart of water, two and a half ounces of isinglass, two drachms of alum. Simmer the whole for about one hour. Strain as above. It must be remembered that a size too strong in glue or isinglass is liable to make the paper too brittle. Again, some papers require a stronger size than others. 4. A size that may be used cold 
and is recommended in France to keep at hand and to use only when a single leaf requires sizing, such as when a name has been erased from a title page, is as follows. Boil about a quarter of water in a saucepan. Whilst boiling, add about two ounces of shellac and one-half ounce of borax. The borax will dissolve the shellac, which will be held in suspension. The whole must then be passed through a fine hair sieve or piece of linen to rid it of all pieces of impurities. This will keep a very long time and may be used over and over again. Great care must be exercised that not too much shellac is used or the paper will be rendered transparent. Manipulation Dust The careful application of India rubber or bread will generally take away all dust. In using India rubber, hold the sheet or leaf down by the left hand and rub gently away from it. If the rubber is used in a to and fro motion, there is great danger of the sheet doubling back and breaking. The bread may be used in a circular motion, and if a book be cleaned from dust by this means without pulling the pieces, all crumbs must be brushed away from the back very carefully before closing the book. Water Stains If the stains be from water, the application of boiling water and alum will take them out. This stain is the one most usually found in books. It may be distinguished from other stains by leaving a mark having a sharp edge. To take such a stain away, pull the book to pieces, strew on the bottom of the pan a handful of powdered alum. On this pour a quantity of boiling water. Immerse each section leaf by leaf in the liquid and allow to remain for some hours. It may be found rather difficult to get the sheets to go under the water and as one cannot press them under by hand on account of the heat, make a substitute by wrapping strips of linen on the end of a piece of wood. Keep this handy, it will be found very useful. Being round at the end and soft, it does not tear or go through the paper, as will anything sharp. The alum water will, after a time, become very discolored. This is only the stain and other dirt extracted from the paper. Throw this away by tipping the dish or by the use of a siphon. Add fresh water, either warm or cold, but preferably warm to dissolve any excess of alum that may have soaked into the paper and to further clear it. After a time, the whole book may be taken out, placed between pressing boards and excess of water pressed away by the laying press. The sections are then carefully opened and hung upon lines or cords stretched across the workshop to dry. When dry, should the paper require it, pass the whole book, section by section, or leaf by leaf, through a size. Press and again hang up to dry. When dry, it will be ready for rebinding. It may happen that only a single leaf is stained. Do not cut this out, as is usually done, but wet a piece of fine string, which lay on the leaf as far in the back as possible. Close the book and allow to remain a few minutes. The leaf may then be readily drawn out, the moisture of the string 
having made the paper soft where it was placed. It may then be cleaned, and when dry and pressed, replaced. Damp stains may be treated as for water stains, but as a rule, a book damaged by damp has little or no chance of being made good again. A book so damaged can only be strengthened by resizing or some artificial means. To resize leaves that cannot be plunged into the solution, the sizing may be done with a soft brush. Place the leaf on the piece of glass or marble, and use the brush to the leaf as one would do in pasting. When sized, lift the leaf up very gently, and lay it out on paper to dry. When dry, the reverse side is treated in like manner, or a thin paper of a transparent character may be pasted over the pages either on one or both sides. Mud. Luckily, a book stained with mud is not of frequent occurrence. Mud seems to be a combination of all that is objectionable. Generally, it is a mixture of iron and grease. Wash the leaf well in cold water. Then, in a weak solution of muriatic acid, after which, plunge in a weak solution of chloride of lime. Rinse well, dry, and size. Sometimes it may be necessary to wash the leaf with soap water. Make a soap solution and gently go over the whole sheet with a soft brush. A shaving brush, for instance. This may be done by laying the leaf on a slab of glass. Use great care with the brush or the surface of the paper will be abrased, after which rinse well with water. Very often such stains, if fresh, will disappear in a fine jet of water, be allowed to play on the parts dirtied, the water being ejected through a fine rose jet. Fox Marks Books so stained may generally be cleaned by immersing the leaves into a weak solution of hydrochloric acid. One must not make the bath too strong. One half ounce of the acid to one pint of water, using the bath hot, will be found about right. Should the marks not give to this treatment, plunge the book sheet by sheet into a weak bath of chlorine water. The book may be left in for some hours, taken out and replaced in the hydrochloric bath. After a half hour, it may be rinsed with cold water, hung up to dry and sized. Finger marks, commonly called thumb marks, these are the most difficult to erase, the dirt being generally of a greasy nature and forced into the fibers of the paper. Make a jelly of white or cured soap. Apply to the stain and leave it on for some time. Then wash away gently by means of a soft brush while the leaf is in cold water. This will, as a rule, take all or nearly all away. A slight rinsing in very weak acid water, again with cold water and, when dry, size. Bloodstains. The leaves stain must be plunged into cold water, then thoroughly soaked. The stains may be washed with a soft brush charged with soap, then well rinsed with water again. Dry. If hot water be used, the heat renders the albumen of the blood insoluble, and the stain will be difficult to erase. Ink Stains Writing Some ink stains are more difficult to erase than others, 
As a rule, ink gives way if the writing be treated with a solution of oxalic acid, and afterwards to a weak solution of chloride of lime. It is perhaps better to immerse the whole leaf in the solution, as the lime is likely to bleach and leave a mark. The leaf should in any case be plunged into warm water afterwards to wash away the lime and acid, and after drying it should be sized. Ink stains. Marking ink silver may be removed by a solution of tincture of iodine, nitrate of silver. The basis of the ink is changed into iod of silver. This is then treated with a solution of cyanide of potassium. It may perhaps be necessary to repeat this two or three times. When quite dissolved out, it must be well washed, as the cyanide is a deadly poison. One may substitute hyposulfate of sodium. Fat Stains 1. Place a piece of blotting paper on each side of the stain. Apply a hot polishing iron very carefully to the paper. This will, in most cases, melt the fat, which will be absorbed by the blotting paper. 2. Scrape pipe clay or French chalk, which place on the stain, then use the hot iron. The iron must not be used too hot or the paper will be scorched. A piece of paper should always be placed between the iron and the leaf stained. The powder may be afterwards brushed away. 3. May be removed by washing the leaf with ether or benzoline, placing a pad of blotting paper under and over the leaf, dabbing the benzoline or ether on the spot with a piece of cotton wool. This process must not be conducted near a flame. Both are highly flammable. 4. A mixture of one part nitric acid, ten parts water, is useful in many instances for oil stains. When erased, plunge the whole sheet or leaf into water, changing the water several times. Dry and size. Ink. When the writing paper has been made from inferior rags, Bleached with excess of chlorine, the best ink becomes discolored. End of section 22.